0: Welcome to Kingdom.Think. Today we're covering 1 Samuel 9:10, Psalms 124, and Romans 8. And oh my goodness, you guys, this is a big one. Romans, like, you know, all those famous Bible verses people recite that are just so powerful and heartfelt? Well, there's a quite a few in this chapter of 8 of Romans. And then in Samuel, Saul's becoming a king. So this that's a big one too. And oh, I don't know. Let me just start with the New Testament because I don't even know where to begin with this chapter. You have to read this one. You just have to because we're talking about the spiritual, the spiritual realm. We're talking about the Holy Spirit. And I mean, Paul is trying to teach the people, which is definitely a download. Like God gave Paul this download. So God is speaking through Paul, to teach the people clearly, because he didn't understand this prior to um, when he uh, prior to, to finding Jesus and and that kind of thing. So, so it's so good. I'm going to read some pieces because I just can't pass it up. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit who gives life has set you free from the laws of sin and death. The laws of sin and death. Okay, so, mm, you know, people speak hours and hours and hours, semester longs of just these verses. So sadly, we are going through it quickly, and I hope you can dig into it more. For what the law was powerless to do because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of of sinful flesh to be the sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh. In order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Oh my goodness. I'm going to keep going because I could unpack that like crazy. Okay, those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. Ding, 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 ding. Here we go. We're talking about the mind again. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. You know what, guys? I could pretty much end the podcast episode right here. I could pretty much end the entire podcast right here with this one verse. I'm going to read it again. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death. But the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. It can't even do so. Oh my goodness. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. Wow, 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 wow. Okay, and I'm going to skip down because he here's Paul. He's in the next verses, verse 9 through you know, 13. He's going to basically say the same thing, but... In a different way. So you can read that. But then we're going to move on to verse 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The spirit who received, the spirit you receive does not take, does not make you slaves. Now remember, yesterday we talked about um you can be a slave to sin or a slave to God. Why was Paul saying that? Because now he's saying we're not slaves. Remember, he's building on this on his, um, what is it when a lawyer stands before a judge, his case, he's building on his case to influence the people, to teach the people and to open their eyes, to wake up their hardened hearts. So the way he did that is he connected with the fact that they understand slavery. That's why he did that yesterday. But now that they get it, they're like, Oh, 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 okay. I get it. I get it. But now he's saying the spirit you receive does not make you slaves. So that you live in fear. So you're not a slave that lives in fear. Rather, the spirit you received brought you ab- brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Abba Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering in order that we may also share in his glory. can I say? What more can I say? So he's trying to make the distinction that, okay, you understood the whole slave thing, but it's not the kind of slaves that you think. It's not by fear. It's not by fear. It's not by fear. It is by sonship. So a lot of the times religion makes um, following Christ out of fear. That is so wrong. That is so, so wrong. And 365 times it says, fear not, fear not, don't live in fear. Why? Because when you live in fear, when you have that fear state inside of you, you are drawing further away from God. And that is not faith. Faith is like free fall. Faith is letting go. Faith is trusting that God has got you. And that's why you read the Bible every single day, so it can reinforce when you do feel that fear coming on. Okay, verse 26. I'm jumping down again. Um, Oh, I can't help it. Verse 21 the creation itself will be liberated from the, its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. That was something I underlined um, verse 21. Then I'm moving down to verse 26. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. In verse 28, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. Classic verse, who have been called according to his purpose. Moving down. Um, so what then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us, who will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things, all things, guys, all things, all things. God will give us all things. That means a a sound mind, a healthy spirit, a healthy body, even material possessions, all things. Who will bring any ch- charge against those whom God has chosen? It is not God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one, no one. No one condemns. There's no condemnation in Christ. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, he raised to life. It is the right hand of God. He is at the right hand of God who intercedes for us, who shall separate us from the love of Christ, shall trouble or hardship or famine or nakedness or danger or sword, as it is written. Okay. Oh, my goodness. So good. uh, uh, uh. And I have to read this part. I know this is so long, but I've got to do it. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons neither the present nor the future nor power or nor any powers neither the height nor the depth nor anything else in the creation would be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ our Lord so goodness gracious can you imagine paul is giving these people such a great case such a great and it's heartfelt He's not being the aggressive Paul that he is. He's not beating them with a club. He's doing it from his heart. So beautiful. Really teaching them, bringing them into like the fold and saying, no, because of Jesus, we're brothers and sisters with Jesus. Like We are sons of God, sons and daughters. So good. I'm going to jump to the Old Testament because a lot is going on here as well. 1 Samuel 9 and 10. Um, Saul is going to be king, but he doesn't know he's going to be king yet. In verse 9, poor guy, he's just out looking for his sheep. Some sheep were lost, and he went out with his servant looking for some sheep. They couldn't find it. They didn't know what they should do. Should we go back? The servant said, hey, I hear there's a a, a seer, is what they called him back in those days, um, a spiritual guy, which was Samuel. Let's go ask him what we should do. So they went up to him, and they met him along the way. And God basically told Samuel right away, this is him. This is who I'm anointing as king. So Samuel said, okay. He went up to Saul and said, you're going to come have dinner with me. Come to my place and I'll send you off tomorrow. And Samuel, in a very gentle way, proceeded to tell Saul that he's going to be the king. And this is what's going to happen. So he says, you're going to go to this, bump into this person on the road. And he's going to tell you about your sheep. Then you're going to bump into some prophets that are singing and making music and you're going to join them and the spirit now this is verse 6 of 10 chapter 10 the spirit of the lord will come powerfully upon you and you will prophesy with them and you will be changed into a different person once these signs are fulfilled do whatever your hand finds to do for God is with you. So at that point, this is so important. I want you to see the relationship between Samuel and Saul. Clearly, Samuel was you know, a bigwig and Saul, he was just just a sheep boy. He was just a boy from town. Nobody big deal. And then also, remember, Saul was a different person, and then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Saul. And the reason this is important is because later on, when Saul's going to know when the Spirit of the God is off of him. And you're going to start to see the relationship between Samuel and Saul as we go on. So that's what happens. So good. That was 1 Samuel 9 and 10, Psalms 124, and Rome. Oh no, wait, we didn't even do Psalms yet. It's because I jumped to the back. Okay, luckily it's a short one, so here we go. If the Lord had not been on our side, let Israel say, if the Lord had not been on our side when people attacked us, they would have swallowed us alive when their anger flared against us. The flood would have engulfed us. The torrent would have swept over us. The raging waters would have swept us away. Praise be to the Lord who has not let us be torn by their teeth. We have escaped like a bird from the fowler's snare. The snare has been broken and we have escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalms is beautiful. It's poetic. It's prayer. It's peaceful and it's always different. It's just always a different surprise. So I hope you enjoyed that. That was First Samuel 9 and 10, Psalms 124 and Romans 8. Have a great day, everyone.